Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, 20th of April, and we've woken up to Wall Street up 700 points, but we sort of anticipated that on Friday. Consequently, this morning, our market is down. As the market just sort of takes a pause, one interesting observation in the strategy stuff this morning is that the US market is actually only down 15% from the top now, which is quite extraordinary. And the chart in the newsletter this morning shows you that if you take the trading range of the US market over the last 10 years of bull market and draw a trading range top and bottom support lines and uh, resistance lines, we're back into the middle of the bull market trading range in the US. And I remember saying that the US market had $27 trillion worth of stocks trading on a PE of 23 times, which was just ridiculous. Because in the real world, no one would pay 23 times last year's earnings for the average company. Uh, if they did, they'd get knocked over in the rush to to uh, accept. And yet here we are with $27 trillion worth of stocks trading at 23 times. That was the top of the market in the US. Now, they've got $23.8 trillion worth of stocks trading at 21 times or 20.8 times. It's hardly a bargain. And yet our market is still 23% down from the top and is still very much below the long-term trading range and still looks like an opportunity. So the top section of the strategy piece I've written today is called Prefer Australia because our multiples are not nearly as ritzy. You're probably aware that Amazon and Netflix hit all-time highs last week. The Amazon PE is 103.2 times. The Netflix PE is 109.8 times. That tells the story. So today I've got a comparison of the top 20 stocks in the S&P 500, top 20 in the ASX 200, and you can see the difference in the PEs. Basically, the US market is once again got its head in the clouds. Uh, value doesn't seem to be the major, major concern over there. Major concern seems to be missing out on share price rises, so everybody joins in. Anyway, the US has flown and we haven't. The obvious observation there is that we have a very dull and large bank sector and their market is driven by US, by the um, technology sector, which has been performing very well. So, of course, they perform better than we have. But I think the basic first message is there's probably more value in Australia. Otherwise, the strategy summary is that we're still happy to have a bit of cash. We cashed up, as you know, to 16-20% in our funds last week on signs that the very rapid rally was flagging. The Gilead drug news propelled us on Friday, so we're looking pretty silly for one day. Let's see what happens this week. We have a, uh, an opinion that we're going through this ultra-fast rebound rally, sobering up a little bit we're now going to go through a reality stage where you're going to see uh, the the cascading negative economic headlines and we run the risk at the moment of significant individual stock announcement risk an announcement can come at any time from any company and it's unlikely to be good some companies have not said anything since the outbreak of covid19 others have where companies do have announcements, like Appen had last week, it's a, an obvious excuse to get interested in the stock. By having an announcement, companies de-risk themselves, and you can suddenly invest in them on a few-month time frame with much lower risk. So looking for the announcements, and you probably need to be aware or go through what you hold and, and just be aware of whether the company's made any earnings announcement recently or if it hasn't, and therefore how much risk you take. And the obvious reaction or response from you should be the same as it is during a results season. 
you can get blown up at any time. So make sure you are not overexposed to one particular stock. Understand where you're taking your bets. And when companies do have announcements and pop, go and have a good look because that is often kicks off an uptrend. And as I say, they've de-risked themselves for a while. Otherwise, stock selection is back in focus. We're, we're happy with the cash holdings now. So we're trying to, trying to get away from making big asset allocation calls all the time and focus a bit more on uh, stock picking. I've listed today in the strategy piece the sectors that are risky and at risk of negative announcements, uh, financials, restaurants, autos, media advertising, advertising's dropped off a cliff, travel, airlines, tourism, gambling, sport, leisure, property, offices and retail in particular, housing, funds management, energy, cyclical sectors, host of them obviously. There are also sectors that should survive COVID-19 and possibly even benefit, which includes anything to do with the internet, IT companies, home office suppliers, healthcare, digital payments, e-commerce. There aren't that many Australian stocks. There are a lot more on the casualty list. But uh, there's also a list of companies that are probably unaffected or long-term not going to be damaged that are long-term assets or big companies. Some of those might include Transurban, BHP, Rio, Woolworths, Coles, Wes Farmers, Fortescue, A2 Milk, ASX, APA, Zero is another one we quite like, that you start to uh, look at their share prices, realize they're now just cheaper, which maybe they should be because the market was uh, pretty excited at the top there. Uh, But these are where the opportunities are. Uh, So uh, the reality stage is upon us. Watch out for, we, we just think the market will now sober up a little bit as reality kicks in. The announcement risk is very high. Be careful of individual stocks. On the banks, we're neutral going into the bank's results season. Westpac had, is st- Westpac's still 47% off the top. They have pre-announced a $1.43 billion provision last week. The NAB have announced a $1.14 billion provision today. And the share price has hardly moved. They're still 45% off the top. ANZ's 43% on the, off the top as we run into results. So our general uh, feeling is that we're neutral on them. Not, we're not really neutral on them. We've got neutral positions, so they don't affect our portfolio performance. Ultimately, I think they're potentially oversold on concerns about a credit crisis. And if this virus news continues to improve and COVID-19 starts to bore us, there should be some sort of bottoming in the sector. But you don't have to take the risk. The results coming up, might as well wait for the results to come out, see what they look like and go from there. ANZ results are on April 30th, Westpac next week. Westpac May 4, NAB May 7, Macquarie May 8. Interestingly, the broker research on all of the major banks except for the CBA suggests that uh, compared to the average broker target price, all the banks are underpriced by around 20%. Uh, We're still holding our energy bet. That is to say we're holding four largish stocks but in small size. So we have had a bit of a bet on it. We're in, in the money big time on those four bets. But the energy sector is clearly running out of steam. Oil price down 8% overnight. $20 on the oil price was supposed to be the line in the sand. It's already down to 17 We're checking research announcements charts. But the uh, likelihood is uh, we've got a long road ahead in the energy sector. But from these prices, we're pro- probably still going to hold on. Other things to have a look at. Have a look at the newsletter today. Henry's talked at length about recapitalization trades, which means in the GFC, there's a lot of money made in stocks that had capital raisings 
he calls them recapitalization trades. And if you look at the stocks that are raising capital here, Cochlear, Next, Webjet, Kathmandu, Flight Center, IDP Education, Media, Southern Cross, QBE, BAPCOR, then there are a few buy signals around in Media and Kathmandu. I know Kathmandu's up 8% this morning, but they popped up on our buy signals on our technical scans this morning. Short-term stuff. Uh, we're not rushing to buy anything at the moment, but again, we're checking research announcements, charts, numbers on all those stocks to see if there's anything out there worth buying. You know, short of going bust, if if those companies are going to eventually get back to business as usual, these share price dips are going to be seen as multi-year buying opportunities. There are some charts in the newsletter today. Otherwise, that's probably about it. I keep reading cautious articles, uh, one entitled No V-Shaped Recovery. I mean, all those articles are looking a bit stupid now. Uh, we've learned a lot through this correction. Uh, one of them has been that chickens don't make money and that you have to be quite decisive and radical with your asset allocation decisions when the market is volatile. We've luckily uh, done that well uh, this time around, but we've done a lot of learning in this process. And one of the things we've learned is that the uh, stock market is naturally cautious. People love to sit back in our industry and sagely tell you that uh, you mustn't be doing anything brave and it's best that you sit and watch or anyone who listened to that has just missed four years of annual average returns out of our stock market in six weeks i'm going to write an article at some point about exactly what we've learned about how to time the market this time around there are some really good lessons there and one of them is that if you listen to these sage value-based ivory tower ruminations you're going to miss it. Uh, the stock market provides a lot of opportunities and not all investment techniques work all of the time. You have to change and pretending you're Warren Buffett 100% of the time is uh, clearly not going to work. You have a, a good day. Market's down a little bit this morning. We will see if this week turns into that sort of tiring of the recent rally, which we expected to do.